It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Players to build around? Washington has some of those. In fact, they have at least six of them. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Wednesday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And if you would like to, you can continue the conversation with me on subtext going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And I am your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at DHarrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, I appreciate you and your continued support for the show. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest in the buildup to the sale of the Washington Commanders. And we're focusing in on pillars on this episode, starting with the pillars who will help Washington carry the weight of winning football games into 2023 and beyond. And we're going to discuss six of them today. The first three coming from Pro Football Focus, and then the next three are going to come from me. Of course, if you want to name your three or however many you want, by all means, share your list of players uh, that the commanders have to build around in the YouTube comments or subtexters. You can throw them directly to me in a text message. Uh, Three players to build around according to Pro Football Focus for the Washington Commanders, defensive lineman Jonathan Allen, and then wide receivers, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. So to me, right off the bat, a little bit surprising, right? That pro football focus went with two offensive players for a team that is considered so defensively focused uh, and defensively strong. So that was an interesting thing uh, right off the bat for me. But PFF said this of the players, quote, while Deron Payne received a gigantic and well-deserved extension this offseason, Jonathan Allen is still arguably the best player on this defensive line, earning his third consecutive pass rush grade above 80 his 161 total pressures and 15.5 percent pass rush win rates since 2020 both rank fourth among interior defenders pff continued terry mclaurin has established himself as one of the best wide receivers in the game earning a 77 plus receiving grade in four straight seasons and has still yet to experience stability at the quarterback position ain't that the truth pff also says that rookie jahan 2022 rookie jahan dodson displayed crafty route running ability and a knack for finding the open field against zone coverage while also making a handful of acrobatic catches and hauling in a touchdown on 20% of his 35 receptions. The two could be a very tough combo to cover for opposing second years, secondaries to come for years, end quote. So high praise from pro football focus on wide receivers, Jahan Dodson, wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, and then of course, defensive line, Jonathan, defensive line men, Jonathan Allen, and certainly all of it certainly uh, deserved by those, by those three players. And I think that those are three very good players uh, to look for for the Washington Commanders to build around. I think you've got a good combination of veteran and leadership. Jonathan Allen, a little bit more of a veteran. Terry McLaurin, obviously into his second contract, another captain on the team. And then you've got young talent, Jahan Dotson, uh, coming in there as well. So if you have three players to build around for the Washington Commanders, those three players certainly deserving to be on that list. But I wanted to take this list. I wanted to expand it to six players. I wanted to add three more players 
of my own that I think the Washington Commanders should be, can, will build around uh, for future success. And, and it, was, it was a little bit hard, to be quite honest with you, because there's a lot of players left on the offense. There's a lot of players left on the defense you could kind of look to, but a lot of them are also playing new roles this year, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. Like I would, I would love to sit here and tell you Sam Howell is a player who Washington Commanders should build around, but let's be honest, we haven't seen him play more than one regular season game, and we haven't seen him play a string of regular season game, especially when the opposing defenses now have film against him, right? And I've always kind of said in every day, as you've heard me say this about other quarterbacks, like guys like Jalen Hurts, for example, and some other, other quarterbacks out there, it's hard enough to give, give one good season of play, right? And it really is, but it's even harder to have multiple seasons of good play because once you're on the scene, like once you've arrived, like Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles, nobody's going to be surprised by Jalen this year. Everybody's going to see him coming. Every defensive coordinator is going to plan for him. And they've got 16 plus 17 plus games uh, to watch him to do it with, you know what I mean? So that's going to be the hard part. So while I would love to say, let's put Sam Howell, the quarterback on this list right now, until we see consistent good play. And again, that's not Sam Howell's fault, right? But until we see consistently good play out of Sam Howell, it's hard for me to put him on this list just yet. So who did I start this list list with? Well, PFF already mentioned him because they'd left him off the list. So they kind of had to quantify why they left him off, but Defensive tackle, Deron Payne. I think he has to be on this next list of three more players, right? So if you're talking talk top six, Deron Payne's got to be top four, if not top five. If he's not top four, I don't know who is, but he's at least top five, right? So looking at Deron Payne, uh, currently tied for 15th, most sacks in a single season in Washington franchise history. That's that's what he did with his 11 and a half sacks in 2022. Again, the 15th most in a single season by any Washington uh, player in, in franchise history tied for third most in franchise history among defensive tackles in sacks uh, 13 is the top number so he finished two and a half sacks from uh, tying that record he and Jonathan Allen had both the third and fourth most tackles in a single season by a Washington defensive tackle in 2022 so a historic season for those two guys 18 tackles for loss in 2022 and 20 quarterback hits in 2022 both second most for a Washington defensive tackle since that stat started beginning, started getting tracked in a single season, John Allen's 30 quarterback hits from 2021 are the most. Uh, and then when you look at the first five years of every Washington defensive lineman ever, Deron Payne currently is second in tackles behind only Charles Mann. He started the most games. He's fourth in sacks, first in tackles for loss, and third in quarterback hits. Uh, if that is not a franchise building block, then I don't know what is. So Deron Payne is my first addition to the list of players that the Washington commanders could be, should be building around my second one's going to surprise a few of you cornerback, Benjamin St. Juice. And when I, when you look at the current secondary, especially the cornerback group, Benjamin St. Juice, he's not a veteran, but he's also not a rookie. I think Kendall Fuller is probably on his way out. Even if he's not on his way out next offseason, he is a little bit of an older player. It's hard to build around older, you know, elder statesmen, stuff like that. Emmanuel Forbes kind of falls into the same category as Sam Howell as, as impressive as Ben, with what we have seen from him so far, what we've seen is very limited. What we've seen is out of pads. What we've seen is no contact. So, you know, there's there's a lot of kind of stipulations to that. So right now, doing this in this offseason, uh, I think, or preseason, this is, I think, where we need to go. And, you know, Benjamin St. Juice, look, obviously he's had the injury struggles. And that's going to be hard, right? And you want to, you might want to say, well, how can you build around a guy who has so many injury struggles? And I totally get that. This year is a key year. Like if, if this year, if he struggles with injuries again, you're probably not going to see him on my list next year in this same type of conversation, but he did have tremendous growth in 2022. I think as a defensive player, as a defensive back, despite the fact that he cross trained as a slot defender, like you have to remember training camp preseason, he was a slot guy. It wasn't until we got into the regular season that boom, now you're back outside 
but you haven't had the entire training camp run up and all that stuff to have that experience. So I think he deserves a little bit more credit for how well he was able to play despite that circumstance. And then despite having played just 12 games in his two years so far, which is 24th among Washington cornerbacks all time through two seasons, he's tied for 13th in tackles. That shows that little, he's got a slender frame. He kind of looks a little bit smaller, but he's definitely getting there in the mix. 13th overall uh, in tackles among cornerbacks in their second year or through two, through two years in Washington history, despite the fact that he's played the 24th most games in that same stretch. So cornerback Benjamin St. Juice, again, need him to stay healthy, obviously, because that's when you get the most talent. So you get the most production out of him. But if he can stay healthy, he's my second guy on the list. My third guy, running back slash wide receiver, Antonio Gibson. And I said it that way for a purpose, on, on purpose. And I have him on here over Curtis Samuel. Look, I think if you have to keep either Curtis or Antonio Gibson, if both are healthy, both are playing the best game that they can play. I think you have to take Antonio Gibson because he offers just a little bit more than Curtis Samuel does. Had a career-high 46 catches in 2022. We obviously all want to see more catches this year if we can get them, especially from Eric Bieniemy's offense. Washington record for running back receptions in a single season is currently 81 by Larry Sanders in 2000. I don't think we're getting 81 catches, but the top receiving back in Kansas City with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, Jarek McKinnon in 2022, he had 56. And, of course, Jarek McKinnon is a, is a name that we've talked about a lot on this show, probably the most Talked about name on this show who's not a Washington commander because of this exact role. Uh, but that's also the same year that Andy Reid really started pumping up Eric Bieniemy's involvement in the offense. So I think that maybe we see Eric, uh, Antonio Gibson rather potentially cross the 50 to 60 reception uh, threshold. I would love to see this commander's offense do some things where they move Gibson from a backfield alignment into a four receiver set. Give me a one running back, three receivers, motion Antonio Gibson out uh, as a fourth receiver, maybe get a linebacker on him or something like that, I mean, it would, it would be completely amazing to me to see that become a regular part of this offense. So from pillars of the Washington football team, not by name, just by description, to a new pillar of the community in the making, wearing burgundy and gold. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting on anything from money lines to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you can get paid instantly. It's probably no surprise to DMV sports fans that the Washington nationals are among the lowest odds to win the world series, but the Baltimore Orioles just up the street are a little bit better. Plus 2000 odds for the Orioles. So a $100 bet on the Orioles to win the World Series. If they do it, you win $2,000. The favorites currently are the Atlanta Braves, followed by the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then the Tampa Bay Rays. But no matter what game you want to bet on, no matter what you want to wager on, there's no better place to bet Major League Baseball than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. Thanks again for being locked on today. It's your first listen or view today and every day and every day. Make sure you come back the rest of the week. We've got two more episodes coming for you, including sale reactions, right? I mean, look, we're going to have a reaction Thursday. Well, for Friday, it'll be Friday's episode, but Thursday, we're going to record reactions one way or another. Something's going to happen. Even if some, if, even if nothing actually happens, like no change happens, that means that something happened. You know what I mean? So we're going to have reactions coming up more on the Dan Snyder sale of the franchise to Josh Harris coming up later in this episode. But I wanted to make sure first that everyone knew about what KJ Henry did for his father while he was still at Clemson. This is this is absolutely, I think, important to understand the fabric of some of who your your players are. And look, these these good news stories don't get a lot of press a lot of times. And I understand some fans don't care about this kind of stuff. And I get that, but I care about this kind of stuff. I've always cared about this kind of stuff. So I wanted to share this. Um, this story has been shared multiple times over over the last few months. So if you're if you're a commander's fan who really keeps your ear to the beat, really keeps your eye out for content. You've probably seen the story before, but it's a good story, man. So it's worth hearing again if you already heard. If you haven't, back in October of 2021, KJ Henry, rookie defensive end for the Washington Commanders, his father, Keith, went in for a routine checkup. He goes through he goes through annual checkups, quarterly checkups. He went in for a routine checkup, and he his kidney function had kind of been, been I don't want to say failing, but, but, but fading uh, a little over the years. Found out in October 21, 2021, that his kidney function had declined to the point where he needed a kidney transplant. That's an incredibly dire situation. Because KJ was in the middle of his junior year playing for the Clemson Tigers, Keith, his father, waited until after the season. In the spring of 2022 is when he went to Clemson, he says, and told his son about the diagnosis. And Keith said, quote, he took it well, but I knew it put a stare, a moment on his face that I had never seen before. End quote. He could see it in his son. Uh, and this is according to an interview that Keith did for an episode of Commander's Log, part of uh, the Washington Commander's in-house media projects. After he got the news, KJ turned to the name, image, and likeness rights uh, world because the recent rule change that happened in college football allowed him to now make money off of his name, image, and likeness. Uh, and he turned to that and reached out to his community, reached out to his school, reached out to his local population, and started making money. Uh, to help his father draw he KJ said he wanted to draw awareness to what was his father was going through and help raise funds to help pay for what his father needed in order to survive and he says quote my family is built on faith so there's definitely there definitely was a piece over us knowing that better days were to come and we just could do all that we could do being a kid who's worked through this game and wanting to build this platform what is the point of it if you can't use it for the right reasons and this was definitely one of those reasons end quote I 100 agree um, later on, KJ Henry said, all things goes to my community, quote unquote. Now KJ's cousin. So eventually they did raise enough money to be able to get KJ's father, the treatment, the surgery that he needed. KJ's cousin, Karen was actually the donor, uh, for his father and his father got the kidney he needed according to ESPN in July of 2022. Uh, and then this April, Keith got to see KJ get drafted to his favorite team, Keith's favorite team, the father's favorite team, the Washington commanders, his son drafted by the Washington commanders. And he said, quote, deep down in my heart, I wanted him to come here because I knew what type of guy coach Rivera was. He gets off the phone and he's like, it's the commanders. And I was like, Oh gosh, you got to be kidding me. That was one of the best moments of my life. End quote. So just, I mean, I mean, a great story, right? A great tale of a son, a father, a family, right? Remember the, the, the cousin 
Uh, KJ's cousin is the, is the one who donated the kidney, the community around the Clemson Tigers coming together, helping him through this venture and helping him pull off uh, this thing that he was able to pull off. But this isn't the latest act of good that KJ Henry has participated in during the team's minicamp. And I know we've talked about this before every day or so again, you've, you've heard this story, but just again, wanted to bring it back up to light with, with, uh, cause this is back in the news again, uh, during the team's minicamp, Henry welcomed a visitor to practice and spent time with her on the field afterwards, playing catch, taking pictures, all that good stuff. And actually, uh, I was actually standing with a member of commanders, uh, public relations because I wanted to speak to KJ that day. I'd spoken to him a couple of times before I wanted to speak to him again. And when I saw what was happening, I just kind of stood to the side and watched because it was, it was cool to see. It was cool to see the family, how happy they were. And the great thing about this, I think, is, you know, I've seen players, we've all seen players do things like this in the past, right? But sometimes, I'll just put it this way, sometimes it's more genuine. You know what I mean? And with KJ, like when I was watching him interact with the family, with, with the child, it just, it was one of those authentic moments, right? The guest was Kennedy Keene, a nine-year-old girl who was fresh off of a two-year battle with cancer. Now, through... Efforts of Commander's Charitable Foundation, the Hog Farm, Farmers Charitable Foundation, which I know you're uh, pretty much all Commanders fans are familiar with. Everyone was able to get Kennedy to practice to meet KJ, uh, who played uh, for her favorite college team, the Clemson Tigers. Right, Clemson is where Kennedy's mother attended school as well, so there's a family tie, family connection there. Now Kennedy and her family are also going to attend at least one home game this year because the Commanders are making sure they get to see a home game this year in a suite in FedEx Field. So. Look, I've spoken to KJ a few times since he arrived. Rookie minicamp, OTAs, minicamp, all that stuff. I've spoken to him a few times. He seems like a genuinely good person, and his moves on the football field are pretty solid, too. Not saying he's going to be a starter this year or anything like that, uh, but this is the guy, if you're looking for a guy to root for as a Commanders fan, someone who's worth rooting for, right? I get that question sometimes. Is, is this player worth actually rooting for? Is this a really good person? I get that question a lot, actually, about Terry McLaurin, which is kind of weird. Like, is Terry McLaurin really as nice and forthcoming and all this stuff as he seems to be? Uh, and yes, yes, he absolutely is. Um, but KJ is one of those guys too. So if you're looking for a young player to say, you know, who could be kind of the representative or a representative of this new era of Washington football, KJ Henry is one of those guys that you as a fan can be proud to support and be proud that he is a part of your favorite team. So again, not football news. Hopefully I didn't lose a whole lot of you there, but I wanted to make sure that these stories were known about what KJ Henry has been doing has been up to. Uh, so hopefully you guys, uh, enjoyed that or appreciated that as well. Some development developments on the sale front coming up, though, next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We talked last week on the show about how Dan Snyder essentially shot himself in the foot, reportedly, and paved the way for himself to be ousted from NFL ownership. And again, this is the week that it's supposed to happen. We also talked about the legal snags that threatened uh, a successful sale this week involving Dan's sister, not wanting to indemnify the league owners against actions taken by the commander's ownership group and Dan Snyder himself, uh, not wanting to indemnify NFL commissioner Roger Goodell or the league's lead attorney from actions that they committed themselves, even if they somehow involve Snyder or the commander's franchise. There's a whole lot of people not wanting to give people 
excuses to not pay up when the time comes to pay up. But on Monday, according to Washington Post reporters, Mark Maskey and Nikki Javala, uh, attorneys for the league and for Dan Snyder, quote, reached an agreement that resolves the remaining legal issues that have threatened to complicate the approval and closing of the deal. End quote. Also on Monday, the NFL Finance Committee met with, or who Josh Harris met with previously in the offseason to go over some of the requirements of the sale. Uh, that same committee met remotely Monday, and they voted informally to recommend Harris's purchase. Again, that according to Maskey and Javala of the Washington Post. While not all owners of the Finance Committee were present for the informal vote, it was a unanimous vote to approve it. So those who did approve or did participate all voted yes to approve the sale. So that is a good sign. Now, the official vote from not only the owners, but the finance committee will come Thursday. That will their vote, their, the finance committee's vote will come ahead of the Thursday meeting to vote on the sale of the team. And of course, that's a crucial step towards approving the sale altogether because if the finance team votes down, I can't imagine the other NFL owners are going to vote it up, uh, especially, you know, so if they vote it positively, they vote for it to recommend it, then that's obviously a very critical uh, step. So with the participating voters agreeing to the sale, it appears that, that hurdle should be easily cleared. And that takes us to Thursday afternoon sometime when all 32 owners will meet to vote and 24 of them will have to vote to approve the sale in order for it to be approved. One of the people that was aware of this informal vote happening in this informal finance committee uh, meeting happening told the Washington Post that, quote unquote, this is a good outcome. Uh, and anticipates a unanimous approval by the finance committee and the league owners on Thursday. So a unanimous decision would definitely be a positive one, right? So once that is done, then the sale could officially close as early as Friday, uh, they say. But regardless, barring any unforeseen chances, before the beginning of training camp next week, Josh Harris and his group, so Josh Harris should be the majority owner of the Washington Commanders, and that's good news for everyone, uh, even though we haven't heard the end of Dan Snyder just yet. I promise you that. But that is for a later date. For today, it's going to wrap up today's episode. A little bit of a quicker episode, right? Some building block players, some good news front stuff, some 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 players, uh, uh, KJ Henry doing some good things out there in the community, not just for his own father, his own family, but also bringing the community together to, uh, around the Clemson Tigers program and then uh, interacting with some people here. I mean, he's, he's already interacted with more Commanders fans than he's played Commanders games. So I think that's, uh, that's impressive for the young man. And then some good news, I think, on the on the sale front right here on today's episode. So coming up tomorrow, we'll be back with more Commanders uh, analysis, speculation. Look, training camp hasn't started yet, so there's still going to be rankings. There's still going to be speculation. Uh, there's probably a Chase Young trade idea out there somewhere. I'm honestly not going to talk about it unless it's got legs. So we probably won't talk about that. But we will talk about something Washington Commanders related. And in the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, throw them down in the YouTube comments. Hit me on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or send them directly to me via subtext. As always, I want to thank you, Commanders fans, for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day and every dares. I want to thank you for coming through consistently like you do. Remember, you can continue this conversation with me over at joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.